is like a, you know, young person being excited with something new and also not being afraid to try. But he cannot dance. No, she will go and do whatever she wants to feel her excitement. The first question is, what is reality? To talk about this advanced mind-bending editing style, we brought in the longtime editor of director Yorgos Lanthimos, who's made masterpieces like The Lobster, The Favourite, and most recently, the Oscar-nominated film Poor Things. In this in-depth masterclass interview, we break down the film's iconic dance sequence and the birth of Bella Baxter. We talk about the wisdom of scoring your film even before production and how we navigated the movie's multiple film formats to create meaning and narrative. How that meaning and narrative isn't just his job, but the audience's too, to add it themselves. The style of this movie is often attributed to like a absurdism, sort of surrealism. Bella, you have not eaten. Do not. Good night. What that sort of means is that when you go into an edit, it, to a degree, it doesn't really feel like there's that many rules in film history that you're kind of going into. It kind of, you kind of feels like you're going into this with your own rules. So when you're starting one of these movies, what are the things that you're looking for to achieve the style of these movies? Immediately from the first collaboration I had with Yorgos, I, I, I discerned that this is a guy who wants to say things in a different way not the usual way we approach films and, you know, in the dramatology or to, to support the character or, you know, it was situations like that. And I discovered many themes that interest him existentially, like uh, how is it to, to, to be in a society which puts some rules on you? How do you deal with this? And of course, all the knowledge of the film, it depends on how a person will experience and interpret it. The viewer is an important part in the process. We respect him, but not in the sense that we want to feed him. This is correct. This is what you have to do. This is the experience I want you to feel. No, it's more loose. It's more open to interpretations and feelings. The first question is, what is reality? Now, the fact that you'll turn into an animal if you fail to fall in love with someone during your stay here is not something that should upset you or get you down. Now, have you thought of what animal you'd like to be if you end up alone? Yes, a lobster. Why lobster? Because lobsters live for over 100 years. Dream time. Every joint in town is closed. It was an accident. I just got please. carried away. This is not necessary. Please place your hand in this the This could be a warning. I've been good otherwise. I. All Lanthimos films, if you notice, are about a new kind of reality which has certain rules. How a, a, an individual can behave and is this behavior dictated by his, by his needs or by some external force who 
places a burden to him. And of course, it's the same with Bella Baxter. He was interested in this situation. How is it if a woman with an empty head, you know, ready to learn anything, how she would behave without having to go through this uh, education of, you know, parents, school, country, religion, everything that makes us form our, uh, you know, behavior in, in this society. In hearing you talk about this, like the goal isn't like capturing reality as we know it. It's actually creating a new reality completely on top of what we sit on. But the process that you and Yorgos go about creating that new reality comes in a very natural way. In the way you're talking about it, it seems like first you discuss from a very psychological perspective how you want the film to affect audiences and the way they interpret it. The thing that stands out to me is every film that you've collaborated on together has a different visual style. Obviously, there's similarities with fisheye lenses and certain kinds of film, but the style, the, the editing, and the and the presentation of, of the reality is very different. So coming to Poor Things, what was the conversation starter like between you and Yorgos to determine that new reality and determine that new style? The Yorgos, the way he shot films and also the advances he made on his language and also the edit, it's, um, it's like, you know, we have to do rediscover his language from the beginning. There is a language, but to repeat it, it would be boring for us as well. I mean, personally for me, I have to go against my habitual thinking, editing thinking. I have to surprise myself as well to create something new and not to repeat the same situations all the time. I appreciate uh, with Yorgos a lot. It's not like he's, he's, he has a specific goal and where is it not the, the, the material because he trusts a lot the improv in the shooting as well. His actors are allowed to do many things. We will have to take in great consideration a particular um, so, uh, film and try all the options we have, what options the film will give us. They're not imposed from the top. We are searching for them. We're not, we're never satisfied to say, okay, this is it. No, we, we will try to make it even better, try this or try that. And in the end, the method uh, somehow works, I believe. For me, it's like I'm trying to get the, what is the language of the film? What are the choices that you are going into, into like making sure we kind of getting this interesting, unique feeling from it? But the way that you've been describing it there is like with the way that the film has been shot and the way that it's also been performed, you're sort of allowing the film to tell you how it should be presented. In a way, the film itself is in charge and you're just kind of allowing that to influence where you're taking this. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Thank you. Hey, how's it going? It's about two months into the new year and I just wanted to check in. For me, 2024 is all about finding that work-life harmony where I can work on things that I enjoy and have quality time with my girlfriend and my cats. Here's pictures of my cats and my girlfriend. Aren't they great? But it's hard, and it sometimes feels close to impossible. In fact, check out the burnout episode where we break down, well, how we're burning out. And honestly, this is where therapy can help. And BetterHelp has made therapy a lot easier and more accessible. BetterHelp has over 30,000 therapists in a network based on your needs. So that means you have access to expertise 
wherever you are. To get started, all you have to do is fill out a questionnaire that will ask you questions about what challenges you're going through and then BetterHelp can then match you with a therapist to help you with your challenges. In most cases, you'll be able to find a therapist within 48 hours. And if for whatever reason you and the therapist you're assigned with don't click, you can then switch therapists with a click. To join over 4 million people who have used BetterHelp, click the link in the description and get 10% off your first month. Thank you BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. Now it's time to better edit. The difficulty and the joy added in this scene was that usually in, in film we think that images uh, succeed one another. It's not. It's a situation that, as Eisenstein has said, they're overlapping. We do have the, the image of, of, of her in the beginning. We see her back, we have this question, and then, yes, of course, you start with full face of her going down. So you connect this to, to a situation. It is rare to get a body, albeit dead, but so close to life. Rigor had not set in. Not to lose, for example, the rhythm of the voice, because this is what keeps the narrative coherent. We're talking about what happened in his, of course, specific way of discussing it. Take the essence of it short to just describe briefly uh, without being too fast so you don't understand, but also without being too slow so you lose in what's happened. The rhythm is very fast. Rhythm of, of the voice and the music. Down, down. No pulse but some electric current, so I could have kept her alive. You said that you already had essentially the soundtrack. So did that help sort of inspire that opening scene as well? He's insistent to, to have the music before because he uses music already during the shooting. He always uses music to inspire his actors somehow, to, to create the mood and also to help with the, even the cinematographer to, you know, how him, the camera moves. Fate had brought me a dead body and a live infant. It was obvious. That's another example of what I say, how how it's useful to have these musics from the beginning, because that theme we had from the beginning played differently, and also we had that version with the orchestra. Take the infant's brain out and put it in the full-grown woman. Reanimate her and watch. Jesus. So, yes, we could use that in the mimicking of Bright of Frankenstein waking up with a metric edit down. She's alive! Alive! The things that I really love nerding out about, even with how this scene begins, it's a small detail of as the page turns is also when the door opens, kind of adds towards into motivating that, that cut as well. There's all these match cuts with the zooming in or moving forward with the camera. And forever. And so we're moving in on him here as he's realizing we're still zooming in on this one. And then so much so we end up get the camera moving forward as well. All of these are all matching in that sense of the realization as he's trying to defend his choices. Yeah, it was very appropriate to, to match this cut to match the movement of the camera, to keep the mind of the audience in that direction, not to, you know, surprise him with an abrupt cut or anything, although and, and although the shots are very short, the, the graphic matches help in this situation to, to, to contain the thoughts so you don't notice the cuts, but you hear what he says. What would she feel on being dragged from her carefully chosen blank eternity 
and forced to be put in one of our understaffed, poorly equipped madhouses, reformatories or jails. I feel an aesthetic pleasure when I watch this these mud scats and this the way the uh, the narrator narrates the story taking into consideration all the aesthetic values, the size of the frame, the the movement of the frame. So so this becomes somehow like, you know, one one situation, although it's so many different cuts, black and white, uh, color reversal, we find here in the river. There's a lot of stories behind if you want to analyze it descriptively, but in the end, what has to stay is that the revelation of who she is and the dilemma of uh, Godwin Baxter. Suicide is treated as lunacy, a crime. Who was I to decide her fate? But then there was also, on my part, a recognition. We do have that rhythmic pace that the music is also setting alongside the cuts and they're complementing each other really, really well. And we are very much respecting the traditional each bar of the track, you know, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. But in a moment when uh, Godwin essentially just simplifies and breaks down, this is the choice I've had to make in making this we'll cut away from that bar. Fate had brought me a dead body and a live infant. It was obvious. Was. Take the infant's brain out and put it in the full-grown woman. Reanimate her and watch. That also threw me off in a really, really powerful way, and that really emphasized it. And even especially with the, the pause, and then for, for his response. It was obvious. Was? If you notice, the music has its own body, its own. Uh, it doesn't. Somehow, it's a creative balance between music and picture. It's not like music is supporting what we see. It's you know it there and creates interesting juxtaposition between what we hear and what we see, and what we we hear from the dialogue or just see. Right. Become the very thing I hate, a grasping succubus of a lover. Tried many of them off me, now I'm it. Fuck. I was impressed by, you know, these strange movements of Bella Baxter and the, the harmony of the other dancers. So I was interested in this relation between the environment and her, which of course was wrong. After I started seeing the scene uh, as a kind of microcosm for Bella Baxter, of microcosm of her whole life, like for example, her first reaction to she hears the music, so she's excited. Right. Become the very thing I hate, a grasping succubus of a lover. This is like a you know young person being excited with something new and also not being afraid to try without the uh, polite society's uh, rules. But he cannot dance. No, she will go and do whatever she wants to feel her excitement and also to minimize the dance uh, in, in this basic situation. Uh, t took out all the rest of the embellishments and stayed with her being, uh, being you know, manipulated or he's trying to control her. But she reacts. So that was the basis of this scene. Again, the, the help of obviously having to work with this music that was there, of course, and also so being so easy to have the intro, few few meters or few bars, and then have this other, and then 
cut to uh, the changes of mood in the in the dance as well. It, it seems like there's a lot of play and experimentation that's a part of the process, especially in what you talk about on set. And I'm curious how that translates to you when you're sitting down to edit something. When you, when you sit down to edit, I imagine there's a lot of play because especially in poor things, you've got fisheye lenses, so many zooming shots, vista vision, black and white film, color film, color reversal film. You have so many things to play with. How do you kind of think about that as you sit down on one of the first days? I had a lot of material. It was uh, shot, of course, in one day, but with two cameras. So we do, did have all these setups from one side and from the other side and the camera moving in. And it's just in some transitions, I had to find some clever ways to go to cut a whole piece of uh, choreography to go to the next phase without that being obvious. So- The whole film, our main purpose was to to follow and develop this character in all her stages. So that's that remains basic, the way she moves. It's very important for us to have this awkwardness in her movements and not to try to hide it or be again free to experiment with her body and, you know, uh, resisting Dangan in, in a funny way, which was, of course, in the choreography from, from the beginning. A man over there repeated blinks at me. I blinked back. Why was it so important for you to be cutting towards this lens? As if it's her point of view, watching these people, what they're going to do without her being in the shot, because we follow him, it just brings into mind, okay, somebody's watching this, maybe a young child. And the unrealisticness, you know, the surreality of the situation is enhanced by this one. The simple act of her kicking him in the balls, it's like a Zenstinian montage, like it's a lot of shots to do, it's that sort to make the impact very painful for him. And also accidentally, if you notice, there's a nice cut that I enjoy very much because the, her leg actually hits the, 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 the lens. <laughs> so yeah. you use it in a cut that she pushes somebody away. So it's, it's used in, in a very way. So we do take a lot of influence or inspiration from the actual material, however it happened. It's not constructed like that. It's many options that we try and we are playful to, to allow ourselves to do it this way or that way until we are satisfied. This uh, kick she gives the guy had to be bigger than it was and also the way he jumps on the other guy, we had to delay a bit. He's, uh, it's not exactly a match cut, but because it's a bit, he goes out, he comes in from outside of the frame to make the movement bigger. If you notice, you will see that he starts jumping and then he will follow this, it's like doubling the movements from him going from outside of the frame. So it extends a bit the, the motion, it doesn't follow the rule of the edit, but it makes the cut to make this point, to, to see guys look how he jumps. So it was a fantastic movement. This sequence is a really interesting representation of what I like to call, I mean, there's, there's film logic, uh, and then there's the sort of suspension of disbelief aspect of this, where film logic is, yes, you've introduced this concept that Bella Baxter is an experimentation. She's her daughter's brain inside of her mother's body, which is a fascinating intellectual concept to to reckon with. But then this moment is a real, almost like physical suspension of disbelief where we're letting that go and we're just releasing 
and we're in the joy of the sequence. I think as a filmmaker, it's very hard to do both well. How do you sort of balance to be able to have both? Well, I trust the young boy inside the, each one of us. You know, we all would like to feel that. Don't we? <laughs> we would all like to, to be free and express ourselves in, in a very free way without, you know, having all these things that hold us back. And, you know, it's uh, human nature and I trust human nature and I do know that there is this uh, openness in all of us. It just has to be prompt and, you know, somehow be woken up again. And film gives us this opportunity, I think. And yes, the way we present it, of course, it's not, uh, as you say, in a, in a continuity, uh, edit logic. Of course not. It's, uh, it's, uh, but it does, it does follow its own logic or the logic of Bella Bucks or the logic of this feeling of being, I want to be free. I want to just go there and dance without, you know, caring who, what people think of me. I, I don't know how to dance, but I don't care. I feel this joy. I, I want to express this joy. That was one of the things that I got out of this movie was this movie ended up reminding me to reclaim a lot more of my childlike innocence and wonder and exploration of the world and to not be ashamed by it. And to, and if anyone tries to claim it or, or break it down, uh, put it bluntly, tell them to fuck off. Uh, it's just like being much more confident in owning childlike innocence and youth and wonder and just exploration and letting that be part of your identity and not being ashamed of it and owning it and then challenging societal boundaries. Like that's that was one of the the more that was one of the positive messages I got out of this film. I'm very happy to hear that from you. Yes. 